you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, this is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my friends and family. We certainly appreciate you guys here. As always, the Chris Voss Show, the family that loves you, embraces you, uh, non-judgmentally judges you, at least not as harsh as your grandmother-in-law or your mother-in-law or your grandmother-in-law. I'm sure they both hate you. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke, people. I'm sure you're people are lovely in your family but the best family there is is to kind of just judge you refer the show your family friends and relatives you know the drill folks youtube.com for just chris voss goodreads.com for just chris voss linkedin.com for just chris voss all those crazy places the kids are playing these days uh my pleasure to announce we have an amazing guest on the show today mitch Hankins is on the show with us. He is a cloud-certified full-stack developer who speaks to professionals struggling in to find meaning in their lives. We all need that, don't we? Some meaning might be good. My, my next meeting is uh, finding a Coke later after the show. Um, he has developed his expertise by working with some of the largest organizations in the U.S., including NASDAQ and the U.S. military, with over a decade of professional experience. Mitch noticed that he and his colleagues often struggled with feelings of isolation. This often led to an unfulfilled life where complacency and loneliness were the norms. Mitch can help anyone who feels disconnected to experience a fuller and more connected life. Mitch, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Chris, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. I'm, I'm doing absolutely wonderful. How are you? I am doing wonderful, man. I love doing my show. It's, it's uh, the peak of my day every day, and it's wonderful to have you here as well. Uh, give us your dot-coms oh, yeah. uh, so people can find you on those interwebs in the sky. Absolutely, yeah. So where all the cool kids hang out, they can go to uh, thedebuglife.com. It's my main website. Uh, it's where I post my content, such as my blog posts. Um, and then I'm also active on Instagram and TikTok under the handle The Debug Life. And I do all sorts of crazy stuff there. Like we talked a little about, bit about um, our love for Huskies and how absolutely psychotically crazy they are. So I post a lot about them uh, as well as my, uh, you know, I have a very elaborate morning routine that I get into every day and uh, all sorts of other goodies. So, um, yeah, that's where I can be found. There you go. There you go. The big thing I love about Huskies is there's nothing better than waking up in the morning with a mouthful of fur <laughs> and uh, always be covered in fur. In fact, I usually have to tape myself down, whatever it's called, the little tape roller thing. Uh, yes. You usually have to do that before every show or you leave the house or you just have to give up wearing black. <laughs> I just can't win. So welcome to the show. Yes. Give us an overview of, of what we're going to talk about today and what, what it is you help people with. Yeah, I would love to. So, you know, what what we're going to be talking about really primarily is um, how there's certain society, societal expectations, certain expectations society about uh, what it means to be successful when it comes to, um, you know, wealth or um, career wise. And of course, a lot of these things can be um, fulfilling um, from the outside. But uh, what I've come to discover is that even if, uh, you know, you build wealth, even if 
Um, you have all these things that people envy. Um, you need to be doing it for the right reasons and you need to know um, why you're living the life that you're living or you're just going to be feeling pain. You know, pain is just your mind telling you like, hey, there's something wrong. And and that's um, that's something I've really learned in my life. And that's uh, we can talk about the whole journey of how I came to that conclusion. But that's something that I wanted to to teach other people to say, like, hey, I've made this journey. I can help you shorten yours. And um, primarily what I do is 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 it's exactly that coach people and um, transfer uh, my knowledge into in, in the form of what I've learned, all the books I've read, all the courses I've taken, kind of say like, hey, this is what's worked for me. And it might work for you as well. It might not. But, you know, this is this is what did it for me. There you go. Experience uh, helps in coaching people. Uh, you know, it reminds me of that uh, line from Socrates, the unexamined life is not worth living. Yes. I mean, I, I, I'm amazed that people can go through life uh, without sitting down and going, hmm, maybe I could be better. Uh, I'm also amazed that there's some people in life that can that can go through their whole life and just be in robot mode. Oh, uh, so whatever society hands them, they accept. But then again, George Carlin has that famous saying of saying that, uh, what is it? You have to realize the average person or half of the people in this country are are uh, are fifty percent of the of the people who are below average dumb. <laughs> so, right. So maybe we need some Absolutely. help from people like you to make people smarter. I don't know. Joke there. Well, you know, and I was definitely, you know, I alternate between, you know, being below that uh, that fifty percent bar and above it, right? You know, some some phases of my life have been above it. Other times, I've been below it. And I would say definitely the things. I've learned in life, I've come through, um, come through experience that experiences that just really weren't fun. And, you know, when you look back on them, it's like, oh, uh, you know, I learned a lot, but when you were, when you're in the middle of those experiences, you're just, it feels like the end, right? Yeah. You know, I'm reading a good book by Ryan Holiday today, uh, or not today, but for the last little month or so. Uh, and he's got some great books and, and his one book is called The Obstacles the Way. And it, mm. and it talks about stoics and different things where really, you know, we need to address obstacles and problems as, okay, this is, this is the way through. We, we, we mm-hmm. achieve them. We beat them. We overcome them. We climb over them. Uh, you know, instead of sitting and boohooing and going, oh, why is this befalling me? We accept that this is the way of the universe, um, and we move through. Exactly, absolutely, yeah. I've, I've, I love Ryan Halliday's work, and I actually, um, I use that mental model a lot of the obstacles, the way of you know. I really tend to think if something bad happens to me, I'm almost like, how can I use this to my advantage? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I use the momentum of whatever is happening? Mm-hmm. to move me in the right direction. And I've really come to the conclusion through a lot of that thinking um, of that, like, yes, we have a certain amount of control in life. And especially as entrepreneurial types, like we are like very A type, very like, you know, want to control every single little thing. Um, but there's also that level of acceptance. You know, the Stoics um, actually have this parable of the dog to the cart. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of no, that, but essentially... Well, it has to do with fate. And, and the idea is that um, there's a dog tied to a cart. And as the cart moves along the road, um, the dog gets dragged along, whether he wants it or not. Like he can run the other direction, but then he's just going to get dragged. So he can either um, well, he can either walk along with a cart and take it in stride, or he can resist it and just get dragged along and, and hit every bump in the road. And, 
you know, the beauty is if, if the dog like kind of moves with the cart, he does have some leeway, like the leash that he's on does give him a little bit of leeway. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I see obstacles in life. Like it's really saying like, Hey, natural forces are a hell lot bigger than anything, you know, any, anything uh, a human can do. And these obstacles are really there. I think to kind of, um, almost send us in the right direction. And then it's up to our imagination to say like, well, how can I use this, um, Mm -hmm. to go in a direction that I want it to go? And the, 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 uh, the thing I, you know, I, I went through a really hard time with my second Husky where she had cancer for a year and a half. And we dealt with uh, all sorts of cysts and all sorts of problems. And and I was pretty upset and emotional during that time uh, because cancer, I mean, it was long drawn out uh, hospice care and everything else. Uh, When my second dog or my third dog just recently, as I mentioned before, um, she just uh, had her cyst cut off her leg and uh, we, we were dealing with the surgery and everything else. Me being able to advocate for what I learned from my first dog who went through cancer and be able to manage the vet and be able to get proper care without going broke um because you you kind of you need to manage the process otherwise you know if you run out of money you know you 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 hit a wall with a dog so being able to do all that and so all the hell that i went through with my second dog my third dog i was able to i was more prepared and so i felt really blessed that you know i'd gone through that first experience to uh be able to master the second experience more so you know being able to Learn things, yeah. pass through things, beat things, overcome things. Just makes you stronger, better. What's that old line? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Abs- yeah, absolutely. I I fully agree with that. Like it, I think it's that's really the definition of personal growth. Where it's almost like you just become a bigger person. Like if you think back to like you know, I always challenge people to do this mental exercise. It's like think back to the last to the last thing you didn't think you'd be able to do. And then think about going through that again now and mm-hmm. like how different it would be. Yeah. Um, you know, if you like that, like I've had many moments in life like that, where it's like, how on earth am I going to make it through this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like one time I remember uh, I was living in, um, in Ocean Beach at the time in San Diego and I lived right on the cliffs. I could like exit the yard and go surf right in my own yard. Um, I would even like sit at my desk where I, where, where I would work and I could see whales and, and dolphins like in the water, all this, just beautiful location. And, but I was renting and I thought like, okay, this is a waste of money. Like I'm just paying someone else's mortgage. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he's like, okay, you got to buy real estate. So at that point in my, in my life, I was like, okay. Like my next goal is buying, um, you know, multifamily property. Like I have to, this is like my goal in life. Like I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find anywhere in San Diego where I, I got like the cash flow I wanted. And I didn't feel good about any of the deals. So I kind of started broadening my area. I started like looking in Florida and eventually ended up in, of all places in Ohio because like oh, wow. they had good growth rates and like still good deals. Um, yeah, I know like Columbus and you know, I, I found a deal there and I made an offer and it got accepted and it was a good deal that, you know, eventually the tenants pretty much paid, um, paid my mortgage and everything. So I lived there for free. Um, but those first few months were, were really, really tough because, you know, I loved San Diego. Uh, I loved the weather. I loved my friends there. And 
Ohio was, I think, the seventh state that I lived in the United States. It was the second country I lived in. So, like, I've been, like, kind of um, uprooted and, like, just, you know, left all my friends and all that for so many times now that by the time I made it to Columbus, I was just kind of burnt out from all that. Um, and then I realized, like, okay, I, I really want to go back to San Diego. And, mm. and, and similar to the obstacles, the way I kind of thought, like, well, how can I – how can I use all this when it, at the time when I, you know, even in hindsight, it sounds ridiculous. But at the time I was just thinking like, what on earth am I going to do? Like I got on my financial goals. I achieved everything I wanted to. I'm living for free and I'm still just utterly unhappy. Like what on earth am I going to do? Um, and then I decided to, to use that momentum, like to look at the objects way and to be like, okay, like how do I use this um, to, to, to find more meaning in life. And mm -hmm. I really got curious about, you know, um, about what I wanted. And I started, uh, actually, I, I, I went into therapy at the time to really talk through these things. Cause I'm like, well, maybe I can get someone to help me. Mm -hmm. And it was through that, that I really discovered like that I wanted a better like community around me. And so that allowed me to really refine a plan for coming back to San Diego, um, within the parameters, like the financial parameters that were acceptable to me. And I made that work. And that was all because I got really curious about a situation that seemed like I wouldn't overcome it at the time. There you go. I mean, that's the uh, things we go in. You know, that's part of the fun of journey. I like trying on new things. I like I, I, I move about every what two to three years. Um, nice. and I'm single with no kids. So, I mean, two Huskies, uh, which are kind of like, <laughs> yeah, the two of them together, probably a whole kid. They haven't learned to drive yet and they won't, but, or at least not in my, at least I hope they won't learn to drive. They learn They'll to drive. They'll drive you nuts. That's about it. They'll air it. If they, you know how Huskies are when they escape, they're <laughs> miles away. So, uh, if they do learn to drive, uh, the whole world's in trouble. Uh, that, that they, they learn to shoot, drive and shoot. They'll rob banks. I mean, that's how Husky, I, if Huskies were to yes. do anything, I think they'd rob banks. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know, I don't know why I'm going with that. Just feels right. Uh, from no, what it I know. right. <laughs> so they probably actually they would, they would probably rob pet smarts. They would probably go in and, you know, rob all the treats, hold them up at gunpoint, steal all the treats and, and then run away. And probably eat yeah. them. They'd probably be caught laying around having eaten ten bags of treats. Uh, so you call your blog um, "The Debug Life." What made you choose mm -hmm. that title and kind of the theme for what you're working on? I love that. You know, I I I have to admit, I often skip over explaining that because um, I don't even have a good reason. I say because <laughs> I don't have a good reason, and, and there's so much meaning behind it, and I shouldn't I shouldn't be skipping over it. But it's sure. the debug life is uh, essentially revolves around um the computer paradigm of, of of debugging you know bugs are are essentially errors in algorithms and computer programs they are um pieces of, of code that cause erroneous behavior or that cause some sort of malfunction mm -hmm. um so th what the debug life is all about is taking that analytical algorithmic approach to life and um saying like what are the bugs in my life and how do i resolve them because the thing is like life is an algorithm like everything that we're trying to do somebody has already done before like that's why books are so powerful that's why podcasts are so powerful because we can learn from people that have already done what we want to do so you know if there's something wrong in our lives like we can um like let's say somebody doesn't have um a plan like we talked about earlier like somebody doesn't have a proper plan for their life like they even don't they may not have like a proper vision or they may not have learned how to properly break out their 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 um 
um, their KPIs, those sorts of things, um, then there's a process for all of that to walk people through um, for them to get clarity in their lives. And so the debug life is really all about getting curious. Um, you know, as I spoke about earlier with a Columbus story, like not numbing yourself uh, with too much TV or with drugs or, or, or overeating or other things, just really getting curious about why you feel certain urges and accepting them and implementing solutions to resolve them over the long term rather than just the, the short term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting how people, like I said, they go through this journey of life. They just kind of accept whatever gets told them. Uh, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, go to school. Uh, what do you yes. do now? Go to college. What do you do now? Get married. It's a little fight club uh, sort of bit that uh, yes. they did there in the bathtub that I always, I've always enjoyed the scene of that. You know, well, my dad told me, uh, go get a job. And then I said, what now, dad? He said, go get married. And I said, go get married. And... Uh, you know, really questioning what life hands you and the social nature of preformed life that people go, uh, you know, here you should do this. You know, I, I grew up uh, in a cult. Um, I was told religion was a certain way, and I was told that there were certain, you know, rules you had to follow. And I, and I was the guy who would always go, but why? Like, why did why did this guy have to do that to that guy? And, like, uh, there's this all-seeing, all-knowing guy, and why is he an asshole? And, uh, sometimes, but he seems really, he seems like he's got a really sadistic, masochistic, I don't know what's going on with him. He needs some help. Uh, evidently, (laughs) evidently there's no psychiatry in Goddom. Like there's no, Mm -hmm. there's only God over, I don't know, Venus area or something that does psychiatry that he he can just go see. And maybe we can figure out what's Mm -hmm. going on with God's, uh, mom in his relationship that, you know, fucked him all up that made him so evil in the first Testament. (laughs) I don't know, <laughs> doing a rev, you know, you know, so, you know, and people, people, you know, they, they go into life too. I mean, you know, I've met people that they're like, life isn't fair, you know? And it's like, Hey man, you, you clearly didn't get the memo, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and life, I don't think life is fair or unfair. It's, it's, it, it just is. It just like, is. It, it just is. And, it's just a grand yeah. survival game. It's like mm-hmm. battle royale. And right. uh, last one standing at the end wins, assuming there's, you know, it's not quite battle royale, but it's almost there where it's, you know, it's, I mean, you're, you're, you're got to be cancer. You got to be, you know, all disease and hopefully you're born into somewhat of a good start. But even if you are, there seems to be maps you can take to, to get out of it with a little bit of luck and hard work and sweat. Um, you talked about in your bio, I mentioned that you uh, talked about going through isolation and some of the things you saw people dealing in yourself with in isolation. Mm-hmm. For me, I actually enjoy isolation more because it keeps me away from other people. I like you the more, <laughs> the more I get to know people, the more dogs I acquire. So, um, but no, do you want to touch a little bit on isolation and issues people have with that, especially over COVID recently? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think isolation is so important. I prefer, I, I do think there's a difference between like, so isolation come in two forms in calm, I think in loneliness and solitude. And I think solitude we are short of like in the, our hyper connected world of like constant dopamine stimulation and, you know, everything is just so extravagant and extroverted. Like it's, it's nice to be uh, in solitude so you can kind of like connect to like your inner self, your inner wisdom, just hear your own thoughts. It's like when you're mm-hmm. um, not around people, middle of nature, you know, obviously with all the green and plants around me, I love nature. Just 
you know, we all need that space where we're just alone, like whether that's mm -hmm. reading a book or whether that's, you know, being up in a cabin somewhere or being on, um, you know, a skiing trip somewhere, wh whatever works for someone. We're just being alone to recharge is, is huge. And introverted people are going to need that more than extroverted people, but anybody needs that. Um, yeah. because I mean, how else are you going to learn like who you are as a person? If you're, if you're always surrounded by other people and that's a huge shortage, I think in our, in our society of, 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 of solitude, of, of time spent in solitude. Um, I don't know. I've seen who I am as a person. I really don't want to know more. I've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. I mean, a lot you know, of people don't have any self-awareness knowledge. Yeah. I mean, it's emotional regulation. Like if you can't be alone and you can't be entertained by yourself, then like mm -hmm. that's, that's a warning sign. And, and mm -hmm. I speak from experience. Like I did, I wasn't born like knowing how, um, you know, having that self-awareness, like that's something I had to learn, but it was a tough journey. And now I know how important it is. And, and that's of course, you know, juxtaposed and, and compared against, um, uh, loneliness and, 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 and when you're isolated, um, and, and you don't enjoy it, which that is actually extremely unhealthy. Like there's actually studies that have shown that, that, that it can literally kill you. Um, like it can do all sorts of bad stuff to your heart. It can do all sorts of bad stuff to your hormones. Um, it's like this, like chronic isolation is the same, poses the same health risk as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Mm -hmm. Like it's some crazy statistics like that. And, you know, I learned that when I, um, I did this road trip from, uh, Ohio to California, um, I just drove, I took, you know, just me and me, the car and the dogs, that was it. And just whatever stuff I needed. And it was like 6,000 miles or something. And all I did was just, uh, go through all the South and like New Mexico and a couple of other, um, a couple other places around there. And I would just hike all day pretty much and, uh, work in the morning. And, you know, the first few weeks, I absolutely loved it. I was like, oh, I'm, I have all this freedom. Like, I love being able to do this. Like, how amazing is it? I can live my life like this. And then I think I was probably like five or six weeks in at that point. Um, I was like, okay, I've kind of had it now. Like, I've been on the road, like in a car with two Huskies for the past four or five weeks. I don't, I haven't seen any friends, like at least in person in the, in the past few weeks. And I decided to just cut the trip short. Like I was still supposed mm -hmm. to go up to Nevada and Colorado. Um, and I just went straight to San Diego because I kind of had it. So I think the first few weeks were like the good solitude where I was hiking and I was like really getting uh, to know myself. Like, what do I want in life? Why do I want it? Like, what am I willing to do? Like, what am I willing to work for versus the last few weeks? It was just like, I want people around me. Like I'm, I'm lonely and this is, this isn't fun. There you go. Well, if you go to Vegas, there's plenty of people around you. You know, you can go to the casinos and there's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if that would have been the ideal situation. Yeah, there you go. I mean, if you ever come back to Vegas, uh, I'll show you where lots of people are. Uh, <laughs> the uh, No, my fortress of solitude, I, I built my own fortress of solitude. It's my bathroom, actually, when I'm sitting on the throne. Unfortunately, though, my dogs always have to come in and give me that guilt look. You know, they do. They yeah. come in when you're in the bathroom and they're like, hey, hey, you said you can't go bathroom in the house. How come you get to do it? We don't, you hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. And they give me the evil eye. And I'm just well, like, they just tell them because you don't pick up after me. Like, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the, that's one of the reasons we do. I mean, if they'd learn to use the toilet, we'd be fine. But, uh, oh, no, man. they got to go outside. If only. Um, 
I did that with my first five kids too. I let them just play in the backyard without diapers. And then once they learned to be potty trained, I let them in the house. Um, took them all over to crawl in and out of the doggy door. But that's a joke. People don't get your underwear and <laughs> panties in a bind. Um, so what are some other things you're going to feature and help coach people on that we haven't uh, touched on yet? Um, yes. Yeah, so the biggest part we definitely talked about, it's, it's, it's the community getting to know yourself. Um, the, so the biggest thing I coach on is, um, setting, um, your vision for your life. Like, where do you see yourself in three to five years from now? Like really describing it in detail. Um, and then what I really specialize in is breaking things down. So, um, one big aspect of it is core values. Um, like I think having a vision for your life without core values is kind of akin to using a map without a compass. Like it's just it makes such a tremendous difference for me having core values. Um, and I could tell you a hundred stories why, but it's, it's important to have them. And then the breaking down part is really like, well, what can I do over the next year um, to get closer to like the vision I have for my life? And once you've kind of nailed that, it's about like, well, how can I break down the next year um, into individual month in, into each individual month to get closer to that one year goal. And then it's breaking down that month to, um, weekly goals and then those weekly goals to daily goals. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, is, is really how I've experienced a lot of success in my life. And how I see a lot of people experiencing success is, is breaking things down to make it manageable, uh, into the smallest chunks possible and really focusing on the things that matter, um, instead of trying to focus on everything at once and, um, as well as community building. So, um, a huge, huge, huge part I, I coach on is becoming comfortable with who you are as a person, not uh, succumbing to society's pressure. Like to me, uh, being a man is about being truly uh, true to yourself. Like it's not about what society tells you uh, mm-hmm. what a man is. It's not about like, oh, you don't cry or oh, you don't do this. It's just literally being true to yourself. And that can be the most, you know, um, the most what other people would commit, would would, would uh, think is is not masking at all. Like it's just being true to yourself. And so a big thing for me is, is finding that and working people through, through who that is and, and being true to that and finding the people that support that. So having a community around you uh, of people who draw that out in you and who really support you. Because I think a lot of people just, just, just as you alluded to earlier, kind of take things not necessarily for granted, but um, are kind of like, okay, these are the cards I've dealt in life and, and they don't want to um, really you know, rock the boat too much versus, versus where my coaching is all about like, no, screw that. Like you can have the life you want. You can have the life you deserve. You just need to have the courage to stand up for it and to, um, to demand it really from life. That's poetic. That's beautiful. Um, you. you know, the, um, people, people, uh, need to question what's going on with their life. You know, it's, why do we do this? Why do we do it this way? You know, why, why does everybody march in the same direction as sheep? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you talk about on your website is alcohol and tobacco consumption on your Instagram. I noticed you got to never try alcohol and tobacco. Uh, that was kind of interesting. You, you alluded earlier that, you know, healthy diet and, and avoiding some of these things. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause that's a good tip. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think, uh, any drugs, you really have to be, it's such, such an extremely fine line between, um, between numbing yourself and just kind of having a good time. And mm-hmm. when it comes to alcohol and tobacco, tobacco, they're just, they're just so socially accepted that nobody really bats an eye when you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I haven't 
gotten drunk in. I couldn't even tell you the last time. Um, again, this is something kind of from personal experience because I struggled with alcohol abuse when I was like 13 or 14 years old. Like oh, I, wow. I, I, I went through a couple of rough patches in life. Right. So again, this is something that I speak from in free my experience. Um, later on in my life in my mid, um, twenties, it was more with weed. And so I learned these things from experience. Like it's okay to do certain things if they're working for you and you're still achieving your goals. But the line is, 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 is very, very easily crossed. And so, you know, tobacco, alcohol, weed, all these different things, even like, um, you know, consuming fast food or uh, a great deal of TV. Like if you're watching more than one or two hours TV a day, Mm -hmm. like that's usually kind of an indicator. Like these are all things um, that we do to numb ourselves. And, And that sounds a little silly, but you know, I would tell people like next time you have an urge to, to smoke or to drink or to watch a great deal of TV, like kind of go within and ask yourself why, like, why do you want to do that? And is it a healthy impulse? Is it because, um, it'll be good for you or is it because you're trying to avoid something? Mm -hmm. And the more you get curious about that, the more, obvious the answers will become and i think the more empowered you will be to to take charge of something like that yeah we had an author on a long time ago i i can't pull him up on my website really off the top of my head but he talked about you know why we why we you know go to those different disengagements like tv and alcohol or you know sugar is another one you mentioned food um you know some people go eat a bunch of candy and and uh, yeah. all that good stuff, which is, uh, you know, Friday nights for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, questioning what that impulse is, as to why are we trying to distract? Because it's a, it's a thing where we're trying to distract ourselves from whatever we don't maybe want to deal with. You know, I've yes. been known to sit here and yes. I'm working away and I'm like, eh, it's kind of boring whatever I'm doing. And I'm like, hey, you know, I would like to go give me a burger and fries and a shake. And you're like, oh, it's not the best for you, Chris, because I'm wearing most of the burgers and fries from my life and I don't need to add more. Uh, and so, you know, you're like, hey, you should go to the fridge. You got salad you can make in there. You got all the salad parts. You go do that. And, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, you know, it, I don't drink alcohol anymore. One of the biggest things I really realized with alcohol was um, the the real poisoning it does to you, the dehydration does your system and damage, but also the effect it was having my testosterone. A lot of people don't realize that alcohol will lower your testosterone. If you're a man, especially an older man where, you know, our testosterone starts declining, it's a big deal. It is. Yeah. And it increases estrogen. Yeah. And I don't, and I, you know, my problem with alcohol was, is, is, you know, I, I, you know, two or three hours of fun on a Friday night or Saturday night. And I started to get to a point where when I started listening to my body and I started eating better, my body started showing me that, Hey, this dehydration and this water retention and all this problems that come from it lasts up to three days. I mean, I started getting to the point where I noticed that I was dragging for three days and finally it just became a zero sum game where I'm just like, Okay, two hours of fun, pounding back uh, some vodka and, you know, tuning out, playing video games or something on Friday night just equals three days of pain, you know, sometimes a hangover the next morning. When The older you get, the less fun it gets. Like when you're 50, you have two beers and you have a hangover. It's not fun at all. So, you know, but you want to take care of yourself because I can tell you now, I'm 55 now, and I'm starting to really feel all the shit I've done to myself. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's, yeah. it's, and, and unfortunately my health is in really good condition. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I can tell, I can tell that, you know, there's, there's a bit of, bit of wear on the tires. <laughs> you know, I, so I tell my younger friends, I'm like two things, uh, you know, don't drink, don't smoke and don't get old. How's that going to work? I don't like, I don't know. That's your problem. Not mine. Or get, still, get old as healthy as you can. Yeah. I mean, we're still sacrificing virgins of the black coven to see if we can find the fountain of youth, but uh, it hasn't worked so far, but we're working on it. So one day. The problem is we're running out of virgins, evidently. It's getting harder to find. That's another matter for another show, I suppose. I don't know what that means. Uh, but uh, anything more we want to touch on before we go out? Well, you know, I think we, we managed to touch on everything pretty well. If, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, 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 what I'm going to be doing soon is um, launching a uh, live challenge uh, on Instagram and, and TikTok. And what I'm essentially what I'll be doing is just kind of talking about you know, all the things that I've, I've learned in life kind of, you know, exactly I've been doing during this episode and there will be a challenge that's associated with people with it, like um, a specific uh, behavior actual people can take um, to, yeah, to, to just create um, a meaningful change in their life. Um, and then I will also be uh, launching my coaching program online within the next few weeks. So mm. if people want to uh, keep up with those developments, they can uh, either go on Instagram or TikTok. And my, my handle there is to both is the debug life. Um, and again, the website is the debug That's where the actual blogs and the videos and such get, get uploaded. There you go. There you go. Uh, so we've got the dot coms taken care of. Uh, thank you very much. We really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all your data with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was, yeah. uh, it was a great conversation. It was awesome. Do you, uh, do you want to plug the, I was looking through some of your videos on the debug life channel on YouTube. You want to plug that as well? Yeah. So um, essentially what I do is when I upload my blogs on the debug life, there's always like a video attached to them. And I, I put that on YouTube. So same thing, you can go on YouTube and find the debug life there. And it's going to be um, videos and anything from like, you know, nutrition to exercising to, um, to, you know, solitude versus loneliness and a lot of things like how it affects our health as well. Like how does social media affect our health? How does technology affect our health? Um, so just kind of anything in that sphere, I'll, I'll have videos on, uh, YouTube as well. There you go. Well, thank you very much, Mitch, for being here. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. There you go. Thanks so much for tuning in. Go to youtube.com, forward Chris Foss, goodreads.com, forward Chris Foss, LinkedIn, uh, forward slash Chris Foss. See the big LinkedIn group, 130,000 people over there. LinkedIn newsletter is like still blowing up. So check that out as well. Sign up for it and subscribe to it. In fact, they just opened on LinkedIn to where all the newsletters now are open to the public. Like you don't have to be connected to see mine. And so it's starting to really explode and move because people are now seeing all the content. Anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. That should have us out, Mitch.